Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We hope you enjoy listening to this three-part series from our Pure Conference with Pastor Alex Burgos from the River Orlando Church. Receive everything you have for me. Lord, fill me today. In Jesus' name. I am hungry. I'm desperate. If anybody's going to get it today, it's going to be me. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Why don't we just pray in the Holy Ghost for a little bit? Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do here today. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you in this place. Touch every single heart. Father, I thank you. I receive everything that you need today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this place. I'm going to try to preach this message, <laughs> but I feel the power of God so strong already in this place. Mm. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you for this place, Lord. Thank you for every young person in this place. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your presence. Just close your eyes. The Holy Ghost is already here ministering to people. Father, I thank you. 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 Oh, you're the mighty God. You're the all-sufficient one. You're amazing, Lord. Father, we thank you that we get to be in the forefront of what you're doing in the earth. Because, Lord, we know that it's going to be young people. You're going to raise up young people. This end-time generation, Lord, that's going to carry the fire to usher in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, I just thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing on the earth. We're on the cutting edge, Lord, and we're so privileged, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Jesus, worship. Some of you are saying, what are you doing, Pastor Alex? I'm trying to get myself together so I can preach. <laughs> I'm telling you, the power of God's in this place. You know, I love young people. I have a heart for young people. So I don't take it lightly. Thank you, Pastor, for inviting me here. It's a privilege. Well, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to try to preach. Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to start at verse 8. To me, who am less than the, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given to me. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Everybody say Christ. Christ. To make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Everybody say mystery. Mystery. Which from the beginning of all ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Are you curious about what this mystery is that the Bible's talking about? Somebody say yes. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Amen? Therefore, I ask you, do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. And I'm going to go to verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
from whom the whole family in heaven on earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Everybody say riches. riches. Of his glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. How many of you guys want some strength in the inner man? Some yes. spiritual strength, amen? Yes. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. To know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. That you may be, everybody say, filled. Filled. With all the fullness of God. Now that's a pretty radical statement right there. To be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may think or ask, according to the power at work in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Well, today I want to talk to you a little bit about my testimony, and I want to talk to you about this young man that God raised up to be a fighter. Amen? Any fighters in this place? I'm just kidding. <laughs> fighting for Jesus. Amen? Well, I didn't begin fighting for Jesus. I began fighting for, for the enemy. Amen? Now, I know that God made me to be a fighter. Amen? But the devil came and he messed up my fight. Amen? Somebody said, messed up my fight. And he kind of hijacked the gift that God had given me. Many of you are so gifted and you don't even know it. The Bible says that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I place a gift and a call on the inside of you. That means that each one of you guys are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And you're gifted by God. And God has predestined things for you to do. Amen? Amen. Doesn't that sound exciting? Yes. Somebody say, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Say, I'm beautiful. I'm, I'm, powerful. I'm strong. I'm strong. Amen? Do you believe it? Well, God doesn't make any mistakes. Each one of you guys are fearfully, wonderfully made by God. And before God even set the foundations of the earth, the Bible says, I formed you and I made you to have a call and a gift on the inside of you. Amen? Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God placed a gift and a call. And a lot of times, we don't think we're gifted and we're called because we don't look a certain way. But your gift and your call has got nothing to do with your racial ethnicity. It's got nothing to do with who you are according to the natural, who people say you are. Everything about the call and the gift on your life has everything to do with what God says about you. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, what God says about me. Now, I grew up um, in Puerto Rico. Do we have any Puerto Ricans in the house? Okay. Two, two Puerto Ricans. <laughs> I grew up in the mountains of Puerto Rico. Um, I actually grew up like... Kind of like in a farming community, you know, we lived in, literally in the mountains, so we were mountain people, <laughs> and, uh, and it was a, you know, we were just up there, you know, hanging out, eating fruits off trees and, you know, doing what Puerto Ricans do in the mountains, <laughs> eat a lot of bread and drink a lot of coffee, and so we were up there, and um, that's where I grew up. I was very humble, you know, beginnings in my life. And actually, where I grew up in the mountains of Puerto Rico, if you were to look it up, because I've tried, if you were to try to look it up on Google Maps, it doesn't even exist in Google Maps. The road is not even in Google Maps. So that means the Google car didn't make its way up there. I don't think it could have made its way up there. So everybody say, a place of nowhere. A place of nowhere. You couldn't find where I grew up. 
insignificant is what some people might say. And some of you guys in this place, you might think you're insignificant, but I want to tell you, there is no mistakes in God. And anybody that gets a hold of the power of God is a history maker. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. God can use you to change your whole family, your whole generation. Amen? All your friends and family can be impacted by the power of God that lives on the inside of you. Can I get an amen in this place? So I was a young man. I grew up, in, in, like I said, in the mountains of Puerto Rico. We moved here. Uh, we immigrated here legally. I'm just kidding. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so when I first came to the U.S., you know, we encountered, you know, racism and things like that, you know, and I know a lot of that stuff's going on right now. People are trying to stir that stuff up. There is real racism, but I think the, the media, especially nowadays, it's like over-dramatizing the whole thing to try to divide everybody. Obviously, but we did deal with that. I did struggle with racism when I first came. I actually didn't really know what racism was until I came to America because, you know, in Puerto Rico, everybody's just kind of, it's just a big melting pot. It's like all the colors mixed together and just, you know, everybody, and it just turns, everybody turns out brown. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> That's the best way to explain that, you know, so, um, so... <laughs> So we don't really see much color because everybody's the same color. No, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. And <laughs> nevertheless, it's the truth. <laughs> so, so when I came to America, you know, I, you know, we encountered, you know, I encountered racism. You know, we moved into a city called Deltona. How many of you guys know Deltona? It's a, you know, it's in Volusia County. Well, I, we came to Deltona in the 90s, and um, Deltona was like, you know, basically just old people and rednecks, you know. So here comes all these Puerto Ricans, and I don't know why. But in, in the early 90s, it was like the Amistad of Puerto Ricans came into Deltona. I don't know why. It's like, like, I don't know, thousands of Puerto Ricans decided to move at the same time. That's kind of the way we do things. If one moves, then, you know, you get a couple thousand to follow <laughs> at the very minimum. <laughs> so it was a big clash of cultures. Everybody say clash of cultures. And in that clash of cultures, I began to experience things I'd never experienced before, things that made me angry. And I didn't know what to do with the anger, so what I did was I lashed out in violence. And I was actually a very violent individual, believe it or not. The Lord transformed me. You know, I only beat up a couple people a week now. <laughs> not like before. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. We don't condone violence. But I didn't beat up anybody that didn't deserve it. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke also. <laughs> it is kind of true, but it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I got in a lot of fights because I didn't, know, I didn't know how to respond to that, you know? And a lot of times when we don't know how to respond to certain things, what we do is we get cornered and we kind of lash out. So I had a lot of bitterness in my heart, and I had, a, I had hatred in my heart, you know? And, and I began to fight, and I began to get suspended, and, you know, I, you know at the time, you know, when I came in America, um, you know... And this is kind of the way it is, you know, you kind of start gravitating to, you know, what you call your people, you know, because that's the way the society wants to divide you. So, you know, I hung, I hung around all minorities. All my friends were, you know, either African-American or Puerto Rican. And I grew up immersed in the hip hop culture. Anybody know what hip hop is? Yeah. I don't even think we have hip hop anymore. Is, is mumble rap hip hop? I don't even know. We shouldn't call it hip hop. I don't. Jesus, it's a, it's a tragedy. That's what it is. So I grew up immersed in this culture, and um, so when I was young, when I was your age, I was what? I was a fighter, 
I was uh, actually a hip-hop dancer. I was a break dancer. Do we have any break dancers in this place? Oh, okay. So God can take a break dancer and turn him into a preacher. Hey, come on. All things are possible for them that believe, right? So don't ever write yourself off. God might use your gift for things that you never even dreamed that God could use it for. Amen? So I grew up dancing. I was a hip-hop dancer. I was break dance. Uh, and I still love break dancing. I can probably still break it down a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you want me to show you? No, no. We need to put some music on. We got to put some music on or something. No, I'm just kidding. We'll do it after service. <laughs> I knew you would like that part. <laughs> So I, you know, and I thought, you know, and I, and I want to tell you this, you know, I, you know, growing up, I wasn't a, I, I wasn't what I would say a bad person. I didn't, you know, I wasn't a bully. You know, I, I only got into fights, you know, with people that they thought they were hard. So I thought it was my job to c- call in their card and see how hard you really are. And uh, so I had this chip on my shoulder that I thought it was my job to go around disciplining people. And that doesn't work out very well. So, um, you know, getting suspended in school, not doing good in school, um, you know, if, if you were to go to my high school, my middle school, and ask any of my teachers if I, if I would ever become to be a, a preacher or anything successful, they would laugh at you. I was a class clown. I would make fun of teachers, do all the things you're not supposed to do, getting suspended all the time. But I didn't know that I had a call of God on my life. All along, I actually had a call of God on my life, and the Lord was searching me out. Amen? How many of you guys can attest to that? The Lord is searching you out. And you have this curiosity deep within your heart that you know that there's more for you in this life. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I had that, but I didn't know where that came from. And so I grew up in a, in a very, at the time, I grew up in a very religious church. And I want to tell you something, young people. Be grateful for what the Lord's given you with this ministry. Amen? Everybody say, Be grateful. Because I grew up in a church that was very religious, and they didn't understand people like me. You know, I was a fighter. You know, I, you know, I came to church in Lugs and Timberlands, and I dressed completely different back then. I was literally hip-hop culture personified. You know, I, I, <laughs> I used to literally take, you know, ivory soap. Anybody know ivory soap? I used to take ivory soap and wash my hair every single day with ivory soap just so I can make it nappy so I could have a big afro. <laughs> so I had a big old fro. Everywhere I went, looked like Bone Thugs of Harmony. Nobody's going to know what that is, except maybe some 90s kids around here. So that's how I went to church. And so I sat in the back, and everybody looked at me like I was weird, and I wasn't really accepted in the church. And I want to tell you, be grateful for what the Lord's given you here with Pastor Nicholas. I mean, Pastor Nick, amazing man of God. Can we give him a clap? Come on. Ow. Hey. Yeah. You know, you have a visionary, a man of God that has room for young people in the vision, and that's so powerful. And that's, I believe, the reason why the Lord's linked us together. Amen. You know, but the church I grew up in, you know, they didn't know what to do with somebody like me. So uh, I was kind of like just shunned, and people looked down on me, and, and it, it kind of, you know, it, it made me even more bitter. But Deep down inside, I always wondered if God was real. How many guys wondered if, if God was real? Now, many of you have encountered God. Many of you might still be wondering if God is real. 
And that's the same thing I, I was crying out to God for. You know, I'd get into fights and I'd regret it. I didn't really want to fight. But I was, I, there was a cry in my heart to know whether God was really real. And I was in this church that didn't know how to deal with somebody like me. You know, they told us that, you know, hip-hop was of the devil. Everything I did was the devil. Um, Breakdancing was the devil. Everything was the devil. But you have a place here where, the, where creativity can flourish. Come on, can I get an amen? amen? And that's powerful. And that's the way the Lord originally designed it. Because I want to tell you something. The enemy has not created anything. Amen? The enemy did not create any music. There's no music that's of the devil. I want to tell you that. I'm talking about genres. I'm not talking about specific artists. I'm talking about genres. There's no genres that are of the devil. There's no beats that are of the devil. The devil never created anything. What he does is he manipulates and distorts what God has created. Come on. Amen? Some of you are very creative. Somebody tell you, oh, that's the devil. No, that's not the devil. The devil takes things and he perverts them and he, and he distorts them. Amen? But God created everything. Everybody say, God created everything. God created everything. And it was good. And it was good. So I want to tell you, in heaven, there's probably some hip-hop going on in heaven. I don't know. The angels might be breakdancing as we speak right now. I don't know. But I want to tell you that every single beat in all music was created by God. So I think heaven's going to be a little different than what we think. Amen? We'll probably listen to the, to the best beats the lowest drops. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm just telling you, heaven's going to be a different place, amen? amen. We're going to have a big party when we get to heaven. Do you know that? Yeah. You know, because, I mean, you know, we love praise and worship music, but heaven, heaven's full of joy, amen? I believe they're happy. All kinds of stuff that we don't know about heaven, amen? amen. So I think, you know, entertainment being a part of music is something that God created. We have praise, we have worship, but I believe that there's entertainment, godly entertainment, amen? amen. Some of you, before it's all said and done, the fire of God come on you, and God will raise you up to be an entertainer, amen? You have gifts to, to make people laugh, amen? You have gifts maybe to sing, I don't know, to dance, I, I, I don't know. But God wants to use your gifts, what he's put on the inside of you, and empower it with the power of the Holy Ghost to cause you to shake a generation. Can I get an amen? Amen. You know, um, my guy over here, Kyler, he was actually a TikTok sensation. My God. Uh, <laughs> he had hundreds of thousands of followers, and he was a mumble rapper, one of these weird mumble rappers. I don't understand mumble rap. <laughs> and, um, you know, the devil hijacked his gift, and he was, you know, he was on TikTok with pink and blue hair and doing all this nonsense. and. Had hundreds of thousands of followers, leading all these kids to hell. And basically, the Lord arrested him. And through a series of circumstances, he had a, he had a powerful encounter with God. Amen? And now he's using that same TikTok account to lead people to Jesus. And there's literally, on a weekly basis, this young man, through TikTok and social media, leads thousands and thousands of young people to the Lord. Amen? I'm telling you. Somebody say, flip the script. Come on, give Jesus a clap. And the reason why it's important, because we have a passion for young people like your pastor, the reason why it's important for us to have a vision for young people like that is because if we don't, then who? Amen? And then what happens is the enemy comes and he snatches up all the gifts to do his bidding. Amen? 
But we're not going to allow the enemy to come and snatch up this generation. Come on, somebody. We're going to raise up a standard, and we're going to allow God to use us to snatch up the gifts. Amen? For the kingdom of God. Come on. Can I get an amen? Amen. Say Jesus. Jesus. We're going to snatch them for Jesus. And it's amazing because during the time where the Lord really, where that big impact and change came in his life, they, he, he was flying out to California in Post Malone. He was going to open for Post Malone. That's right. Now, hopefully you guys don't know who Post Malone is, but <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> now, he was going to open up for Post Malone, and he was about to get a record deal, and the enemy was just about going to take him out, but here comes the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Amen? That's what, that's what we do, brother. We're going to snatch them right before the enemy takes them. Amen? How many of you guys are on TikTok? Most of you guys. There's a lot of nonsense on TikTok, right? But then who's going to bring life into TikTok? Who's going to stand up for Jesus on TikTok? Come on, somebody. Your testimony matters. Amen? Your voice matters. Amen? The Lord will use you, buddy. Yeah, he will. Come on, somebody. Amen? He will use you. So through a series of circumstances, I was this kid in this Baptist church crying out for God because I did have a cry in my heart. And this man came to this Baptist church. It was a Baptist church, and they didn't even believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that day, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. So I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in a church that didn't even believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why do I say that? You want, to know what I, you, you want to know why I'm telling you that? It's because a hungry and a humble man, young person, woman, girl, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're hungry and humble, God's going to come and touch you. Amen? amen. The Lord will come and touch you. Amen? amen? You know, the cry of my heart at the time was, I made an ultimatum with God, and I said, Lord, I said, God, if you're really real, come and touch me. And I said, Lord, if you come and touch me, you know the way I am. I don't care. I have no kind of shame. I stand up for whatever I believe. I'm black and white. And I told the Lord, I said, God, if you come and touch me, I'll come and serve you all the days of my life. I just need to know you're real. Once I know you're real, it's over. Amen? I'm all yours. And so I had a powerful encounter. I went to the altar that day, and I got gloriously baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I was never the same again. I could not be the same person. Amen? Amen? I try to be the same person, and, I, and I'm not going to say I was perfect. I, look, did I get into fights after that? Was I, did I still struggle with some things after that? Yes, I did, but every time I did, it didn't feel good. Amen? Amen. And I kept asking the Lord to change me, and I want to tell some of you guys, you've made a fresh commitment to Jesus. Look, don't ever give up on Jesus because he'll never give up on you. Right. Amen? Amen? No matter what you're going through, no matter what your problem is, amen, no matter what your sin is, you can always come to him, and he's faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. Amen. And the only thing you got to do is cry out to God and tell him to help you to change. Amen? Amen. You can't do it on your own. On. You can't change on your own. Right. But it's God empowering you with the presence, with, with the Holy Ghost, that's going to cause you to change. Amen? Amen? Everybody say, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. But that's why you have the power of the Holy Ghost. Because he's going to come and empower you. Amen? And the main thing that we have as believers, as spirit-filled believers, that'll cause us to change is this little thing called the fire of God. Anybody heard the, about the fire of God? Yes. And the fire of God is 
would literally transform my life. Amen? Because I told the Lord, I said, God, and I remember even as a young Baptist boy, I read the scripture that says, indeed, I come and baptize you with water. But there's one that's greater than I am, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to untie. And he's going to come and baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Everybody say the fire. The fire. Everybody say the fire. And the fire is literally what turned a fighter, a breakdancer, a basketball player, because I play basketball, and if you don't believe me, we'll get on the court, I'll ball you up a little bit, <laughs> cross you over, break your ankles. <laughs> break your leg. I might not look like I can play. Kyler, can I play basketball? Yes. Do I hold it down on the court? Yes. All right. <laughs> not coming... That's not coming too strong coming from a white preppy kid, but, it, you know, it's fine. Everybody's like, he can't ball. He can't ball. <laughs> That's probably not a good testimony to have you validate my basketball skills. <laughs> Looking like a Calvin Klein model over here. <laughs> Everybody's like, he can't play basketball. You're right. He can't play basketball. This kid told me. When, when he first got saved, he started talking trash about how he's going to beat me in basketball. So I was like, all right. So I, I took my phone, and I started recording him. We were at a restaurant. And I'm like, what are you going to do to me? So I recorded the whole thing. And I'm like, all right, we'll get on the court, and we'll find out. I beat him 21 to 0. My God. No mercy. <laughs> he's, a little, he's a little better now. We got him practicing, amen. <laughs> How many of you guys play basketball over here? Awesome. Well, I had an encounter with God, and, you know, I, I was stubborn for, a, for quite a many years because when I got touched by the Holy Ghost, I found out that God called me to be a pastor. How many of you guys, I want to say this for young people, how many of you guys have been prophesied that you're going to be a pastor or a minister? Anybody in this place? A couple of you guys? Well, I was one of those kids. I was just a kid, and I got this prophecy that I was going to travel to Africa, and, and I was going to be the, a pastor, and I was going to travel the world, and all this stuff. That, because it was prophesied over me when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. So because I felt God's presence, I knew it was real. So I tried running from it for years, because I couldn't understand how God could use a breakdancer or somebody as ghetto as I was, because I was completely ghetto. I'm a little bit more, you know, refined. I'm a little bit more refined now, but I was... I was like ghetto personified. I mean, think about it. I, I mean, I had a massive fro, you know. I was just a completely different person. Completely different person. Nothing wrong with that. I actually like that. Amen? There's nothing wrong with that. It's just the Lord had to refine me a little bit. Amen? Because I want to tell you this. You are not who society says that you are. Amen? Amen. Some of you listen to hip-hop and you act like the music. But that's not who you are. That's, right. that's what I did. Hello? But that's not your culture. I want to tell you, as a born-again believer, how many born-again believers do we have in this place? Your culture is kingdom culture. Well, Pastor Alex, that sounds kind of spiritual. What does that mean? Your culture is who he says you are, that's who you are. Amen? Amen. You are who he says you are. Everybody say, I am. am. Who he says I am. am. Now, I didn't have any identity. My identity was hip-hop. So I thought that's who I was, but that's not who I was. Amen? And that's not who you are. Do not allow society to define who you are. Allow Jesus to define who you are. Amen? 
He wants to define who you are. And before it's all said and done, you're going to turn out maybe looking a little different. Amen? So I had this call that I was running from for years. And I'm, you know, I was running, and then you know, I got into street racing. I was a street racer, believe it or not. Running from the, from the police. The police. <laughs> I still got a little ghetto in me. You know, you know, I told, you know the, Lord, the Lord told me this. He said, he said, don't allow, when I went to Bible school, he says, don't allow Bible school to remove the flavor that I've given you. Because you're going to need that flavor to reach your generation. Come on, somebody. Come on. Somebody needed to hear that. Look, when I, when I got saved, I was so ghetto. When I went to the river, yeah. I was so ghetto. Can I tell you how ghetto I was? <laughs> so, I was so ghetto. When I went to Bible school, I was, I was a street racer, first of all. Break dancer. Used to get into fights all the time. And I'm running from this call of God in my life, but at the same time, I love God, and I have all these weaknesses that I'm trying to deal with. And I said, God, how am I ever going to be a person that you can use for the ministry? So at the time when I was a street racer, I started really getting convicted about the music that we listened to because we had a big car club. We had tons of cars, and I had this big car club. We'd go street racing multiple times a week. I mean, how many of you guys know the movies Fast and the Furious? Like, literally, that was my life. Like, my, my brother was Toretto, you know? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious, man. So my, that, that was literally my life. We would have cookouts. We would be at my friend's house rebuilding an engine, and then we'd have cookouts with greasy hands, and we just had this community of all these friends that street race, and we listened to all the crazy nonsense music. So one day, you know, I'm hanging out, and I know I got this call of God in my life, and I'm trying to run from this call, and we're listening to this music, and I got all these young people around me that look up to me because I'm this cool kid or whatever, and I start getting convicted. And the Lord tells me, look what you're listening to. Look what you're doing. Look at all these young people that are following you. Amen? Some of you in this place, some of you, there are some in this place that are very influential in your circle of influence. Your friends look up to you, and you have a call of God on your life, and you know it. And I'm telling you right now, by the Holy Ghost, even right now, even as I'm speaking, you can feel the Holy Ghost grip your heart. You know who you are. God's called you, and you have a call, and you're a leader, and you are held accountable for that. Amen? And I want to encourage you to give into that and not run from it like I did, because a lot of my friends ran from it like I did, but they didn't make it out. Amen? The Bible says sin is only good before a season. Amen? And I had friends of mine that had calls of God on their life, and they were hanging out with me. And it's funny because even as I was backslidden, it was like I would be coming across all these guys that had calls of God that were also running from God. And it was like, it started to like develop this community of all these like lukewarm Christians that were out there. And, and it's like we started gravitating to each other. Anybody want to know what, what started happening? What started happening was, some of my friends that I knew that were good guys that had calls of God on their life, they, they were losing their life. I had to go to a lot of open casket funerals. Guys that I knew that had a call of God on their life that were running from God, died street racing, died motorcycle accidents, died doing all these crazy things, died in somebody's house of a drug overdose. I want to tell you what the world glorifies has a big price tag attached to it. Hello, can I get an amen? amen? There is a price to pay 
to not serve God, there is a price to pay. Amen? People say there's a price to pay to serve God. There's a greater price to pay not to serve God. Amen? And it might cost you everything. So I was the crazy guy in the group. They would call me the mad scientist because I was the guy that that knew everything about the engines, how to tear tear them apart, how to make them faster. So all my friends would come to me to try to make their cars faster. And I was like the guy that helped everybody make their cars faster. And they would call me the mad scientist because I was crazy. I was completely reckless. And I want to tell you, it's the grace of God that I stand here before you today to be able to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a miracle that my life was not taken from me. Amen? But I had a praying mother. Amen? And she prayed for me. And I believe it's my mother's prayers that kept me alive all those years. Amen? But I want to tell you, do not play with fire because you might get burned. Amen? Some, some young people say, well, I could just do this for a little bit and I, get a, I can get away with it. Well, you know, I could just do the world thing and then when I grow up, I can serve God. I want to tell you, you might never grow up. You might never make it to that place, amen? Many of you are in a very vital age where you're making important decisions of what crowd you're going to follow. Amen? Are you tracking with me? You're making decisions of what crowd you're going to follow. Who are you going to follow? And it's very, very important. If you make the decision now... You can circumvent a world of pain, amen, and not have to go through what a lot of people uh, went through. So I was, like, I was the guy that, you know, anytime somebody had a fast car or fast motorcycle, you know, if the, if the speedometer said 200 miles an hour, I'd, I'd be like, all right, well, let's find out, see if it can really go 200 miles an hour. And I was glorifying this lifestyle of risk-taking, being like a daredevil, and I was inspiring others to live this lifestyle. And some of my friends that tried to do some of the things I did, and they tried to follow my footsteps, didn't make it. So, I mean, imagine that. A young man having to deal with the guilt of leading others into a lifestyle that took their life. And this started to really work on me. Friends of mine, oh, I want to be like Alex. He's crazy. How many of you guys know that guy that everybody says, oh, he's crazy, right? And people glorify that. Don't glorify that. Amen? That kind of lifestyle will take your life. Amen? Amen? There is a price to pay for sin. Sin has a price tag. And so through a series of circumstances, what, I, what happened was the Lord gripped me in my car one day and, and, he, and he said, what are you doing with all these young people? I've made you a leader and you're leading them astray. So what I did was I started to have, a Bible, I started to have Bible studies with our, with our little car club. So here we are street racing, and I'm having Bible studies once a week. <laughs> I know it's my story. It's ghetto. It's crazy, but it's my story. But I want to, why am I telling you my story my testimony? It's because God's willing to work with you where you are at. Amen? If you give him a little bit, he'll take a little bit. Amen? If you give him 15%, he's like, oh, thank you for 15%. Can I have 20%? Amen? Amen? How much are you willing to give God? Whatever you give him is what he's willing to work with. Amen? God's very patient. He was very patient with me. He never gave up on me. And I want to tell you, he'll never give up on you. God will never give up on you. He'll always be on standby, amen? That's called grace, amen? He loves you. He'll never give up on you. The Bible says he'll be about you as a wall of fire. And God was there next to me, and he loved me through my mess. So here I am. I started the ministry with our street racing car club. We're meeting at my parents' house. And it's like Fast and the Furious outside. 
I mean, you got the whole yard full of just all these modified cars, you know? And we're having Bible studies. And I begin to see my friends get saved. The whole car club, basically, everybody in the car club gets saved. So now we're driving to the street races, and everybody's listening to this nonsense music. So I tell everybody, I said, listen, guys, we're not listening to this music anymore. They're like, what are you talking about? So I found some corny Christian hip-hop, and everybody started listening to corny Christian hip-hop. <laughs> some of it is really good. Amen? But everybody followed my lead because people looked up to me. And I want to tell you, God is making you a leader full of the Holy Ghost that can impact a generation. Amen? That's what lives on the inside of you. It's power to change yourself so that God can use you. If he can impact you and he can burn you out of you, then he, he can use you to burn so, into somebody else. Can I get an amen? amen. That's right. This fire will come if you allow God to burn out everything about what you're not. Amen? You are not who you think you are. You are who God says that you are. Amen? amen. And I used to think it was corny to be a pastor. I'm like, oh, my God, how can I be a pastor? I tried to be Joel Osteen for years. I really did. I, I used to wear three-piece suits and everything, like trying so hard. And it was so weird. You don't have to be weird. Amen. I'm not saying Joel Osteen's weird, but I'm not Joel Osteen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Like, I remember me getting into this whole Christianese like thing, like, you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm talking to these other preachers and things like that. And then I'm talking to them, right? And they sound one way. And then when they go in the pulpit, they sound a completely different way. I'm like, what is going on? Is this Joker a ventriloquist or something? <laughs> like, hold on. How did your accent and everything about your mannerism change when you preach? And I couldn't understand that. And I couldn't, I couldn't reconcile that. And what I want to tell you is, Religion is not a relationship with Jesus. That's right. God's called you to be in relationship with him, and he's going to come and change you big on the inside so that God can use you to impact a generation. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yes. You can be a nation shaker, a city shaker, amen? amen? God can take your hands and feet and your mouth to shake something, amen? amen. My Bible tells me that he's going to shake Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Guess how he's going to shake it? He's going to use you to shake it, amen? Because somebody shake it. Come on. Amen? Somebody say shake it. Shake it. Say it, shake it. God's going to use you to shake your circle of influence. Can you believe that? Do you believe that? I'm just telling you my story, amen? I was just a young man that loved Jesus. Why did I love Jesus? Because he loved me more than anybody ever loved me. And that's what I want to tell you here today. Nobody will ever love you like Jesus. Nobody can love you like Jesus. He loves you. Amen? The Bible says if you go to the highest mountain there, I will find you. You go to the deepest ocean there, I will find you. God loves you. Amen? And he never gave up on me. So here I am. And it's funny because people think sometimes that you have to do the things of the world for people to follow you, and that's not true. That whole big car club that we had when I told them that we were going to change the music, guess what they did? These are street racers, some of them criminals. <laughs> when they were around me, everybody listened to Christian music. We're going to the street races listening to Christian music. That's retarded. 
I'm, a, I'm in the street races handing out Christian mixtapes. And nobody made fun of us. Why? Because when, you, when you're bold, people can't make fun of you when there's something real on the inside of you. Now, I was a work in progress. What I was doing was not right, and I don't condone it. But what I want to tell you is this. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for somebody that's willing to give him something. Just give God something to work with. Amen? And obviously, eventually, I stopped street racing. And we laid that down. And we started going to the track. And I said, listen, guys, we can't do this anymore. And everything began to change, everything began to change, everything began to change. And then I finally gave up to the call of God in my life, and I said, I said, God, I'm willing to give up whatever it is that you have for me. I'm just going to give up and quit. And I packed up all my bags. At the time, I was going to build this super crazy, super fast car. Everybody was looking, everybody in the community was looking for me to build this car. I'm I'm talking about a car that could beat a motorcycle on the highway. That's the kind of car I was going to build. We weren't playing games. I'm talking about a street bike. Anybody that knows anything about speed knows that's a pretty fast car for a street car. So everybody's looking forward to me building this car. I had a closet full of car parts, engines, everything. And I finally gave up and said, God, I give up. I sold everything I had, and I moved to Tampa to go to Bible school. And here I am, I come, to, I come to Tampa in my little, my race car with my whole life packed into my race car. And I told God, if I have to live out of my car, I'll live out of my car, but I'm going to Bible school. And God took my life, my friend, and I want to tell you, he transformed my life in a way that I could even, not even begin to imagine. I, I, I couldn't imagine that the Lord would take us around the world to preach the gospel. All the things that God spoke to me when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost... All the things that God prophesied over my life, that that he used other people to prophesy over my life, started becoming true. And I want to tell you this, God would never tease you if you would just yield to him and allow him to come and work in you, amen? He will transform you, amen? And all those things that God's spoken over your life, he wants to to bring them to pass, but he needs your cooperation. Can I I get an amen in this place? Amen. He needs your cooperation. And I basically lived out of my car for like the first couple days until some Bible school students told me, hey, you don't got to live out of your car. Come live in our apartment. And I couldn't even afford an apartment. I lived on the, I, I, I was sleeping on the floor of a ghetto hood apartment community with mold infested and roaches. And I was so happy because I answered the call of God in my life. And I would say in a matter of a year and a half, the Lord took us from that place and completely prospered us. And, 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 and the rest is history. My wife, where's my wife? My wife's in the back. Honey, stand up. So I met this beautiful woman of God in Bible school. So I would have never met somebody like her if I kept doing what I was doing. Amen? Amen. So young people, I want to tell you, just focus on God. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Look, God's going to bring you the, the man or the woman that he has for you. Amen? You just got to keep your eyes on Jesus. God knows that's important. Amen? I answered the call of God in my life. I didn't have to worry. God had me. He's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. Amen? So you don't have to waste your time bouncing around, doing all these things, because God has, he's got a whole plan for you. He's got a whole thing for you. Amen? A whole thing prepared, custom tailored for you. Amen? Amen. I remember being in Bible school. I was at a restaurant, and I was like, wow. I'm sitting in this restaurant late after one revival service, and I'm hanging out, I'm hanging out, and I'm like, wow. This is what it's like to hang out with white people. I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, I never realized I actually didn't have any white friends. 
<laughs> I lived in his whole like subculture. It was amazing. Like I was like, wow, my whole life I actually grew up only had Hispanic and black friends. Like I didn't really even do that on purpose. So I went to this whole culture shock thing. And I tried to become somebody else, but the Lord told me, listen, you don't have to become somebody else. I made you like you are for a reason to reach people that other people can't reach. Amen? So what I want to tell you is that some of you guys think that becoming a Christian is becoming this corny thing. Actually, it's becoming the most creative thing because God is the most creative. God is, God is more creative than any, any human being could ever be. Amen? I'm, I'm telling you, some of you on the inside of you have, have the illest beats that anybody's ever heard. Are you listening to me? Yes. Some of you have the greatest music nobody's ever heard. Amen? Amen? Songs, creativity, dance, whatever it is, it's on the inside of you, and God wants to use you. He wants to use you with your gifts, whatever he's put on the inside of you, your passions, your giftings. Amen? That's right. Everything that God's put in me, we use it for the gospel. Even the cars. I'll go to the track. We'll race, and we build relationships. We get people saved. We get people saved on the track. Amen? We get people saved through music. We get people saved however. We use every single vehicle, and it's fun. There's nothing more fun than to serve God with your giftings and your abilities. Amen? And I'm telling you, this ministry is on the cutting edge of what God's doing on the earth. And, th and I'm telling you, there's going to be a revival with young people like the world's never seen. Amen. And this church is prepared, and you guys are ready. You have the container made. This place is going to be so packed out. I mean, you guys are going to have to bust out, build building five times as big. I'm just telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Because it's young people the way that God's going to do it. But it's the fire of God that burned out everything that I was not. Some of you might be asking, Pastor, what's the fire of God? I've heard that many times. I've heard people talk about the fire. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. Amen? Amen. Everybody know the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit's a person, and you have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's how we have a relationship with Jesus, is through the Holy Spirit. Everybody knows that, right? Yes. Well, the Holy Spirit cannot function in your life the way that he wants unless the fire comes. And the reason the fire needs to come is because the fire is there to burn out everything that the Holy Spirit doesn't like in your life. Amen? Amen. Everything that will get in the way from the Holy Spirit using you. And doing the things that he wants to do in your life is what the fire comes to burn out. Amen? Amen. And today is going to be a place where we set an altar. Amen? And you bring the sacrifice. And when you bring the sacrifice, that fire is going to come. Are you listening to me? Yes. And it's going to burn out everything that gets in the way. And that sacrifice is you. The Bible says this. If a man keeps his life... After the flesh, you will lose it. But if he lays it down, he'll have that eternal life. Amen? Amen? The Bible says, I beseech you there, brethren, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, the kind that is acceptable. And what is acceptable? God's asking for all of you. Amen? Amen. He's asking for all of you so he can give you all of him. Everybody say, all of me. Say, all of me. So I can have all of him. And that fire begins to burn. Burn out everything of the flesh. Everything that would try to hinder or get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. That's the purpose of the fire. In Malachi chapter 3, the Bible says that Jesus is the refiner's fire. 
and he's the fuller soap to purify the sons of Levi. So this fire in the Holy Ghost, Jesus uses it to wash you like soap, amen, to burn out everything about you, amen. Some of you might be struggling with depression. You might be struggling with low self-esteem, low self-worth, all these things. I want to tell you, the fire comes to burn all that out, amen, because Jesus lives big on the inside of you, and he wants to use you, amen. I said he wants to use you. I want everybody just to bow your heads and close your eyes in this place. Father, I thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible says, who shall ascend the mount of God? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. And the fire of God is what comes to purify your heart. So, Father, I thank you right now. We know when I was your age, I used to say to the Lord, I said, God, if you would come and touch me, if you would just come and touch me, Lord, just come and touch me. And I want you to begin to cry out and tell the Lord, Lord, I want you to touch me today. Just come and touch me today, Lord. Come and touch me today, Lord. Say, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry, God. I'm desperate. I'm desperate, God. I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I got to have you in my life. I'm so hungry. I'm so desperate. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. I'm just so glad to be a part of your family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me. Got your heart.